Before we start this glorious mess today, this is a little warning that I have learnt we need to put on shows sometimes because we get in trouble. I get in trouble. We are going to be talking about Santa today, S-A-N-T-A, a bit later on in the show. So if you have little ears around and you don't want them to know too much about the big fella, you might want to kick him out of the car at the point that we talk about. Yeah, right here. <laughs> I'll be back. Testing one, two. Welcome to this glorious mess, Mamma Mia's podcast for parents who can only dream of having the energy levels of a toddler who's just been told it's 10 minutes till bedtime. That is true, they go nutso at that point. Yeah, or I'm counting to three. That excitement. Oh, he's counting to three. <laughs> he's up to two. If my mum's ever around, if she's ever staying, my mum, I'll be in her house soon, which will be interesting. You're going back to London? No, Manchester, my friend. Oh, for God's sake, it's all the same place. <laughs> it's not. Everyone, oh, my God. People think that England is London. is London and London is England. It's There are many other places in England. I'm from the north. Are yeah. you? I'm from the north. Yeah, the, the, the north, are you? That's why the northerners on Game of Thrones all talk like me. Yeah, what are you doing? What are you doing? That's a Liverpudlian Beatles accent. Uh, no, no, it's not. It's the north. And the thing is, is Liverpool is an hour away, not even, 40 minutes away oh, from Manchester, but we hate each other with a passion. It's right. like, that's the way it is, so don't. Going back to England. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> the point I was trying to make is if my mother's ever in the house and the kids are running around before bedtime, she always goes, they're not very tired, are they? Oh, I don't think they're going to go. Why are you trying to make them to go to bed? They're not very tired. I'm like, they are tired. This is called overtired. That's why they're carrying on like that, Mum. Yeah, don't you remember? Exactly. She goes, no. Because no, she always thinks they yeah. should be allowed to stay. Billy, Billy, come here, Billy. <laughs> Give you a lolly. Billy want a lolly. Oh, Billy and Lolly line. They're round, don't they? <laughs> oh, oh, Billy's had a lolly. He never go to sleep now. <laughs> Tilda, Tilda, Tilda. Come here, darling. Give Nanny a hug. Oh, I wish I was there for your Christmas. It's going to be great. So Can you glad. record that conversation for me? I am so glad my mum does not listen to oh, this. Oh, no, show. she will now. <laughs> Who's that, Pratt? You've been listening to. Talking with, who's he? Stop it. He's a bit of a dick, isn't he? I, I'm going to get offended. And a bit of a dick is Andrew Daddo. That's my name. <laughs> and I'm bloody good at it. Oh, my what God. What are we doing today, Holly? Hold on. Hold on. Who are we? I'm Holly Wainwright. I just Wainwright. said. You're the Pratt. I'm the Pratt. <laughs> you're Andrew Daddo. I'm Holly Wainwright. And if you're wondering what the good. hell you're listening to, this glorious mess. Yeah. It's a podcast about parenting and going back to England. <laughs> I'll be far from What are we talking soon. about today? I'll tell you, my friend. We tackle a listener dilemma from a mum whose daughter is going to be disappointed when Christmas Ooh, rolls like around. Like your mum, no lollies for Billy. <laughs> Stop. I'm done. I'm done. Plus, perhaps fighting in front of the kids isn't as bad as everyone suggests. But first, a few weeks ago... We discussed the tricky terrain of what to do when tweens and teens come for a sleepover at your house and the mom involved advised that you take all their phones off them, confiscate phones, no phones, because then they won't be in the middle of the night. Old-fashioned fun. Yeah, exactly. No bullying. They won't be bullying each other in the middle of the night. They won't be taking any unsolicited photographs, etc., etc., etc. We said, what a good idea. What a jolly good idea. Take those phones away. Lock them up. Not so much. We did. We said it just like we're in an Enid Blyton novel. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly. With we... lashings of ginger beer. 
So we said that, but a few listeners had an issue with that idea. So a listener called Laura emailed in to say no. She said, hi, Holly and Andrew, she said, <laughs> in the tone yeah, that meant yeah. I've got a bone to pick with you. She said, I've just listened to you guys discussing confiscating other children's phones when they're at your house. I would be very upset if you confiscated my child's phone as I consider it a way for them to contact me if for any reason they feel uncomfortable in a situation and need me to come and get them. A sleepover in particular can be prone to many difficult situations and my children shouldn't feel that their emergency option has been taken away from them. What do we think about that? Well, she is completely right because it's her child. But the point... so Isn't it hard to not say but... The point of the exercise of taking the phones is to take away the opportunity to do the bad things that happen with phones. So it's sort of a safety thing. And then I think the idea is that if your child is not feeling comfortable, then they would go to the parent and then they would contact the parent of the child. Mm. I'm guessing. So that was the idea. You know, someone goes to sleep first, they take photos and they put it on social media and thing as a wuss or whatever it is. That was the idea. So I completely get this. What this mum is saying is the same thing that when our youngest, when we said no phones in bedrooms, said, why do you get to have your phone in your bedroom then? Well, because you're a grown-up. Because I'm a grown-up and, I'm, and I'm, I have to have access. If my other son, who's on the other side of the world, needs to get in contact, I want him to be able to get in contact and I can respond accordingly. Also, I, I frequently use the line because I'm a grown-up and I can do what I want. Yeah, that's probably <laughs> so better. I, I, that's probably, we, yeah. I frequently say that. So when you're a grown-up, you can do what you want. Yeah. But that won't be for ages. <laughs> so yeah. whatever. Yeah. I was anyway, trying to rationalise yeah, it. I know. I'm trying not a very that. mature parent. But Laura's point is solid because she's right. There are lots of things in the sleepover that can make you uncomfortable. And the idea that you can just text mum and go, oh, I've got stomachache or whatever is a good one. But presumably, as you said, you'd hope that the parent who's confiscating phones, if one of the kids comes out of the bedroom and goes, Says. hey, Mrs. Smith, <laughs> I, I'm feeling uncomfortable. I've got a tummy ache. I need my phone. Then you would obviously let them have access to it. I think so. Unless it was at our house and I'd go, I've got to sleep. <laughs> I've told you that. So, yeah, I think that would be the theory. You know, if your kid needs to have their phone, they need to have their phone. That's obvious. But I think the idea is to take away the temptation of the group. And so that whole discussion was about the group mentality that often kids will do things that they wouldn't normally do in a group because there'll be someone cajoling and then pushing to the next level and then to the next level. And so it sort of stops that temptation. Mm. That was the idea. Obviously, I want the best for my kids all the time and I want them to be feel safe all the time, then I want them to be resilient as well most of the time. Smart words, sir. Mum, you just don't understand. Sometimes. Let's get real here. Let's lean in and get real. Sometimes (laughs) there's no one who annoys you more in the whole wide world than your significant other, who you love, but also sometimes they just do your head in. (laughs) (laughs) Shit, it is. (laughs) Yep. It's like the way you're breathing right now, I will never want to see your face again, which is unfortunate if you happen to have three children and a mortgage, whatever. But (laughs) if you've ever called truce during a family row because the children are around, which is very standard behaviour, not in front of the kids, you might not be doing them any favours. Some new research out of Washington State University suggests that it's better for children to see healthy conflict than to watch their parents hide their emotions. This is one of those studies, Andrew, that when they did it, they did this crazy thing. So they got a load of parents. Yeah, but hang on, before we get to that, are you able to define healthy conflict? I think what they mean is if so, I'm going, let's think of a fight that happened in my house recently. It's healthy conflict, respectful arguing. So So it's it's never going, you dumb, blah, blah, 
are you you know it's not that like yeah. that's never healthy conflict mm. but having a disagreement about like yeah. in our house I think the, the liberal day, party's in trouble no the liberal party's dead no I'm, they're just in trouble no no they're dead that sort of thing there's that or as in my house today I can't believe you brought the home brand tea bags this is what he was Who saying did that? Brent did he bought home What's he brand- saving money for another one of his walking trips <laughs> He bought- I bet he doesn't have those on his walking trips, does he? He doesn't drink the tea. I drink oh, the tea. right. And he bought home brand tea bags because he's a bit tight. And I was like, we are not doing this badly that I need to drink dishwater. And Matilda's in the kitchen and she goes, Mom, don't be mean to Dad. And I'm yeah. like, no, I'm being mean to Dad because he bought home brand tea bags. And then you could see like she was going, yeah, fair enough. Yep, yep. All right. So then how does this work with this study done? So what they did is they got a load of parents and they did put them under scientific conditions and they made them stressed. So this sounds like an awful thing to make someone stressed. They made them, first of all, talk to a group, a room full of people who they didn't know, so do public speaking. And the people they were talking to were providing live feedback. So that is a very stressful situation, yes. So you're standing up there and you're talking and people are going like, but why? And (laughs) your face looks silly and whatever they said, right? And so they're stressed. And then they made them play Lego with their children, which is also can be quite stressful. And one group of parents had to suppress their stress, like you're not allowed to show that you're angry or upset or talk about the stress that you've just been through. And the other group of parents were allowed to express their stress. And then they measured the impact on the kids. And they said that the kids who were exposed to their parents being frustrated and expressing their frustration were fine. The thing is, is I know lots of times you don't want to have a row in front of your children. And as you say, there are levels of row. But there are rows about tea bags, and then there are rows about much more important things like you have stolen all my hopes and dreams. Pass me, pass me the sugar because you ruined my, my life. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Lots of people say don't fight in front of the kids. I think the idea of this is it's supposed to be challenging that generalised rule about never showing the kids that you're angry, that you're disagreeing. And these experts are saying, no, show your frustration, just don't be disrespectful and resolve it. And then kids, what they're actually seeing is you having genuine emotions and then coming through it and you don't hate each other after. Yeah, and they'll see that you understand the requirement to argue because you get a resolution at the end of it, sort of. And that a you, nicer version And that, of that you can fall out and it's not the end of the world. Fall out and then fall back in. Exactly. Oh, it's okay. I'll fall back in when the tea bags well, what, have a brand name on yeah, them. Yeah, I mean, we certainly don't avoid arguing in front of the children. So you're not surprised by this finding? No, I think it's good. I, I love that finding. It's validated It validates you. lots of different things. Dad, can I please have some ice cream? No. <laughs> he says yes so nights. It's time for a listener dilemma, Andrew. Tell us about it. Yeah, this is the segment where you write in or call in and give us a problem and then we will attempt attempt to solve it. Like we'll put our spin on it, which is a valid spin because we're parents of various age children or we've known people who might have gone through the same thing or we just make it up. So this one sounds like this. Hi, Holly and Andrew. I'm hoping you can help out with my latest parenting issue. About a month ago, my kids both wrote their Christmas list for Santa and gave it, and I will warn, this is the Santa part, so yeah, yeah. you've got little ears going on. Might be time to have a bit of a pause. About a month ago, my kids wrote their Christmas letters for Santa and gave it to me to post. On looking at the lists, I reminded them that Santa only brings one gift and asked them which item would be their favourite. So the eight-year-old replied that her top gift would be Harry Potter Lego. A week later, the shop was having a huge Harry Potter sale. Uh, It was a great price, so I bought it. 
about a week ago, my daughter asked me if I'd sent the letters. And without even thinking, I replied that I hadn't got around to it yet. She then produced a new letter to Santa reading, Dear Santa, if I've been a good girl this year, please may I have an LOL surprise dollhouse. No other items, just this one item. This dollhouse is well out of my budget, 400 bucks. Plus, I already had the Lego. How do I explain to her on Christmas Day that Santa didn't bring her the one she'd asked for without breaking her Christmas spirit? Oh. Help. Holly, help her. She's getting the Lego. Obviously, she's getting the Lego. She'll cave, this lady. Do you reckon? Yeah, no, 400 she'll, bucks? She'll cave. 400 bucks? Guilt will eat her up. I would, she'll cave. I would spin. She has to. She's I got no choice. spin this, right? Before I had kids, I never understood why parents made such a fuss about Christmas and making sure that little Johnny gets exactly what he wants and da-da-da. And then I had a Christmas, one of the first Christmases that the kids, my kids, were old enough to care about presents because for a few years there they just like boxes and wrapping and they don't care. One of the first years that they really cared about presents and I got them really disappointing stuff, whatever I thought they should have. And I just don't remember their little sad faces that morning. You do remember? Yeah. It's not about how much you spend or how high the present pile is, but there is a lot of joy to be had with a happy, smiley face on Christmas morning. And they're just like, oh, my God, I can't believe I got that. Yeah, because that's what you see on TV and all the movies. And so I understand the pressure that this mum, that Erica, feels about wanting to buy her daughter the thing she wants more than anything. Mm. But the LOL dollhouse for $400, I would spin it and say Santa thought yes. that the oh God, Harry thank Potter God for you. Lego was better. would be better for your brain and like your hand-eye coordination, your creativity. He says those LOL dollhouses are no good. What about if mum says, Erica says, I made a mistake I had them both on the list because you said the Harry Potter and then I just wrote down the dollhouse and Santa must have chosen. Because then that still puts you in the frame for the blame. You no, want, no, no. You, you say, want to blame the big guy, Andrew. You want to blame you are, Santa. You are the big guy. <laughs> but he, they don't know that. Put the blame on Santa. <laughs> Put the blame on the mythical man in the red suit. Hang on, so, so what did you say to do? He say, made a mistake. No, no. You just say Santa decided. Oh. That you should get the Harry Potter. He is magic and he knows what's going on. That's a much better answer. Yes. Whereas if you say, I made a mistake, mummy was silly and wrote, then the kid's going to go, oh my God, mum, it's Christmas and I haven't even got my LOL dollhouse and now my life is rubbish. That's what's going to happen. I love it when you impersonate Brent. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's very good advice. Spin it. Put it on the big guy. And then make sure she's got lots of little things that are cheap that she likes. Because really, what I've found on Christmas, and I'm a bit worried about how we're going to do this because we're travelling home for Christmas this year, back to England, is kids like volume at Mm. Christmas. They do. But that just leads to lots of tat. But if you can get them little things that mean something, but it gives them lots of things to open on Christmas, that's good. Did you say lots of tat? Tat, yeah. yeah you know, that's like rubbish. A, yeah, that's a good idea as well. It's like little tattoos, removable tattoos. <laughs> no, no, I'm just thinking for you. You've got to travel a long way. Do. You don't want to carry stuff. Tattoos would be good, don't you think? No, I don't want my kids walking around Manchester <laughs> covered in tattoos. Yes, you <laughs> do. They're going to be wearing impression. so many. Oh, come on, the fake ones. They're going to be wearing so many clothes because it's going to be freezing. I know. Every day I'm checking the weather. It's six degrees and raining every day. <laughs> every day. <laughs> Have fun. <laughs> Thanks, Andrew. Nailed it. All right, nailed and failed. I tell you what. I tell you what. What? We had a nail. First, I'm interested to hear what happened in the... uh it's a festive fail for me. Hey. Since we're, uh, we are on our last show before Christmas, 
Anyone who's been listening to the show for a while will know that last year, Elf on the Shelf was kicking my ass all over the house. Hang on, so that was the toy you so couldn't get a hold of. Let me know, no, Elf on the Shelf is the thing. It's an American thing that has now infiltrated the Australian parenting world. They're these oh, little toy around. elves, and, you, and on the 1st of December, they appear in your house. Again, not safe for little ears, this conversation. <laughs> They appear in your house on December the 1st and then every morning thereafter they're in a different place and if you're a really creative, wacky parent, they're doing cool things and for some stupid reason I decided mine write notes to the children. So I've got two <laughs> elves on the shelves <laughs> and every night I have to move now? them around the house. Oh. And we've got to get these things to England too. Like This is how ridiculous this is. And I should know better, but this is the insanity of Christmas. The kids started asking in mid-November, are the elves coming back, Mummy? Are the elves coming back? Oh, That's my God. That's a great family hope, memory you've yeah, made. Yeah, exactly. What, I can't wait for the elves to come back. What are they going to do this year? And I'm like, oh, no. So I couldn't do it. I didn't have it in me to say the elves are dead. They're never coming back. <laughs> Which maybe at the end of this season I'll kill them off. But... They are so excited. Every morning Matilda's waking up at like half past five and she's just saying to me, can I go and see where the elves are? Anyway, I forgot to move them oh. the other day. It was the Christmas party and I came home a little bit late. And I wasn't drunk because I'm old and responsible, but I'd had a few bubbles and I was tired and I was like, oh, just fell on the bed. Brent had been at his Christmas party. He'd already fallen on the bed. <laughs> And I, there was two in the bed. <laughs> and, then, and a little one said, well, hasn't the elf moved? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Mommy, the elf hasn't moved. And I'm like, shit. And so then you, you have to either make up a story about like, oh, they must have just decided that they really like this. And then Matilda's like, is the elf dead? Is there something wrong with them? Why haven't they moved? Oh, my God. What if you just went, like, and I know you would never do this, what if you just looked up from your bed and went, too pissed? <laughs> wow. So we did <laughs> oh, terrible parenting move where we got the kids to go to have breakfast in the sunroom and then we moved oh, the God. elves. They know it's you. <laughs> it's, you just go, Matilda, <laughs> stop taking the piss. Stop it. They're doing a very good impression of them not knowing. And then I was like coming into the sunroom, oh, my God, like they've moved now. And they're like, what? And they ran off. It's crazy how into it they are. But it's such a pain when you've been had a long day and you've done a million things and then you just want to go to bed and you're like, Shh, what are we going to do with the elves? But this year, genius move, we got lots of little accessories to the elves, so they changed clothes, and that has made life a bit easier. So you can leave them where they are, just change the... You don't have to do so much configuration. You can just, like, put a new T-shirt on them, stick some glasses on them. <laughs> do you do the um, note from Father Christmas? You know, yeah, so hey? you'd leave the carrot or whatever, Always, the Christmas and the cookie cake and, and the... Yeah, write, and it, write it with your left hand. Yeah, exactly. So they can't work out. That's... Yeah. Exactly. But my kids like to leave the elves little notes every day and getting more complicated every time. (laughs) Tiny chopped up bits of carrot and popcorn stuff. Matilda leaves them on little plates. And then if I forget to deal with those as well, then she's like, they haven't eaten. (laughs) They must be so hungry. It's like, oh, my God. (laughs) All the layers of complexity. What are they made of? (laughs) They just look like rag. They are the least realistic looking things you've ever seen. So your warrior daughter has you cold. (laughs) It's hilarious. And Billy is hilarious because he says to us quite often, I think they look like toys, Dad, Mom. (laughs) And um, Brent will say, oh, they look like toys because they're pretending to be toys. Oh, but geez. when we go to bed, they come to life and look like elves. And he's like, hmm. And Billy's smart and he's looking at us like. There's a picture book in this. There's actually a picture. <laughs> don't you reckon there'd be a really good picture book about uh, two parents who 
are the only ones who don't know that they're not real. Oh, that's good. Yeah. You're always Something. with the picture book mm, ideas. I like the picture book ideas. Um, Andrew Dado, nail or fail? How well, did you go this week? It's not my own personal nail. It's our oldest daughter who finally, in year 11, speech night, got her first academic button. Oh. I don't really understand what that means. Oh, What's an academic button? So it means she did well. She's always done quite well, in all seriousness. This year, she literally found a love of learning, a, a proper joy of learning. Oh, jo- uh, year 11. Yeah. That's so she's encouraging because mm. it can happen at any time. Yeah. She's always been a good writer, but she's found a proper, I don't know what happened. She's had a couple of good teachers and she's literally found it. And we're sitting there at the speech night going, oh, you know, academic button. Turns out, bragging, so don't hold it against me. She bloody second ducks the school. Oh, my God. Felix was the ducks of the school. She's What's the, going on she's with got you the guys? Run, she's the runner-up. Literally from nowhere. From never, ever won, winning a, an academic award. Mm. And some of the other parents went, what have you done? And we went, love of learning. It's got literally nothing to do with us apart from when she has something to read to us or when she's doing some work, listen, mm. right? Properly listen and go, okay, try and be creative or try and help, but be interested. It's all about being interested, I think. Mm. And then hope to God that you have some teachers who are interested enough to really push them a little bit further. But it was just – and her happiness. And then the youngest one going, well, you better enjoy this because <laughs> it ends here. <laughs> and we went, I th- I th- no, you'll have your I love, love of learning too, Jasper. <laughs> she goes, very doubtful. <laughs> and, then, and then walks off in her undies and T-shirt. Yeah, see you later. She's hilarious. She's hilarious. Well, congratulations, proud parent. Yeah, it was really good. You're allowed to be proud, I think, because I've decided that until your children are 21, all their accomplishments are your accomplishments and you should take them. Oh, I love that. Yeah, no, it's good. Good luck with the gnomes tonight. (laughs) I know. The The gnomes? gnomes? The elves. Elves. (laughs) We are releasing a few bumper TGMs over the holidays. We're doing some Even in England with your mummy. I know. It's the magic of audio. You can either jump into the Facebook group or you can call us on our pod phone 028999386 or you can email us at tgm at mamamia.com.au. This glorious mess is brought to you by Mamma Mia and this episode was produced by Luca Levine and Eliza Ratliff and we would say bye-bye. And thanks for listening and travel well. I will. Say hi to your mum, eh? Oh. Mummy. She'll never speak to me again if she listens to this episode. <laughs>